Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. And we're here with the NFC East offseason edition of the podcast. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to each of our uh, NFC East NFL Nation reporters at ESPN. One by one, we're going to break down the Giants competition this year inside the division, which, to be quite frank, and it's been a bad division the past couple of years, I think is actually pretty good. I think the NFC East is about to hit an uptick here, at least temporarily. Like this year, I think the Cowboys are a pretty good team. We saw that last year. Uh, maybe they're not as good, but they have Dak Prescott. He's the best quarterback in the division. We can, we'll talk. We'll, we'll rank the quarterbacks in a minute because I think I'll surprise you when I when I break down my quarterback rankings in the division, which usually indicates, you know, the best team. But in this case, the Cowboys clear cut favorites in that in that regard with Dak Prescott. But the Eagles improved roster, added AJ Brown, added James Bradbury, had a good draft at least. On paper, it looks like it. So I think the Eagles can do some damage. And I'm high on Washington's roster. I really like Washington's roster. They finally upgraded their weapons. They have two running backs. I really like Antonio Gibson. Terry McLaurin's a stud. Johan Dotson, I really like as a draft pick. I think he he could be a, a significant weapon for them. You know, Curtis Samuel. So that's, that's a team... If they could get decent quarterback play, if 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 we say the same thing every year, and that defensive front is could be dominant. Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen. I mean, that's those are some big time players there. Really high ceilings. If they could get high level from those guys, Washington's a team I think can do some damage. So three good teams, and then you got the Giants. So where are the Giants? We're being realistic. They're in a rebuild. So roster wise. I think we have to be honest with ourselves here. The Giants have the worst roster of the four going into the season. Does that mean they're going to finish in last place for sure? No, definitely not. A couple injuries here or there. A couple guys from the Giants ball out. You know, things can turn. And also, it usually comes down to quarterback play. Now, when I look at the quarterback play in the division, we have Dak Prescott. We know he's pretty good. Okay, And I once made the argument I thought wasn't even close. Carson Wentz was better than Dak Prescott. But guess what? Carson Wentz has since flopped multiple times. And to me, we're at the point where the Colts and Frank Reich let him. If Frank Reich, who is his biggest supporter in Philadelphia originally and then in Indianapolis, was willing to let him go after one season, there's something missing there. So to me, if I had to rank the quarterbacks in the division, I start with Dak, and then I watched both those Eagle Giant games last year. And I left those two games saying to myself, if Daniel Jones played on the Eagles with that running game and with that offensive line, he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. And I hope wholeheartedly believe that when I watch them play with my own eyes. Now, has he played better overall? The answer is probably no. Can you probably, do you have a better chance to, if you have a mediocre team, win games with Jalen Hurts? I think the answer is yes. But I also think on the scale of, okay, which guy has a better chance to be a really high end, a high end quarterback if 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 they have the right team around them and really ultimately take you to where you need to go? I think Daniel Jones has that chance. Chance. I don't know if he is that quarterback because we haven't seen him with with that with a line that really can protect him at all. But I do know this: I I I know Daniel Jones can make throws, 
and reads that I did not see from Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts throwing the football worries me a little bit. I think he's a winner. I think he does a lot of things to win. I think you could win a lot of games with him. I'm not sure if he's the quarterback that ultimately can get you where you want to be to win a Super Bowl. And, by the way, look at the Eagles. Look at their actions. They were in the quarterback market this offseason again. They poked around for the big guns. And why is that? Because they're also not 100% sold that Jalen Hurts is that guy. Do they think he's pretty good? Seems like it. And I agree. But if I'm ranking the quarterbacks in the division, a players I'd want to start my team with, it goes Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, and then Carson Wentz. Because I'm just off that Carson Wentz bandwagon. If Frank Reich is off, why is there any reason for me to believe that he could be that type of quarterback that you need in order to, to win something, to really win, to win something substantial in this league? And I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm going to take it on the chin on that one. I was wrong. I Carson Wentz was about to win an MVP. I thought he was about to ascend into a star. But when things go wrong, when the pressure gets turned up, it doesn't seem like he's that guy. It just doesn't. Now, do we know if Daniel Jones or Jalen Hurts are those guys? No, we don't. We don't. But that's where we stand on the quarterbacks. The bottom line is, aside from Dallas, the NFC doesn't have great quarterbacks. And that gives the Giants a chance. Even with a roster that is overall, and not Joe Shane's fault or Brian Dable, they're, they're trying to fix the mess that was, is pretty weak. Four total combined Pro Bowl selections. I know Pro Bowls is a, a non-important, uh, ridiculous process, right? Evan Ingram made it, we know. But still, like, generally, if you have a really high-end great player, you, you, your guy's going to make, he's going to make the Pro Bowl. The Giants don't have those on their roster. Graham Gano, Leonard Williams, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Golly. They all popped up for one year out of their careers to make the Pro Bowl. So they don't have a perennial Pro Bowler on their entire roster. Tom Brady, meanwhile, by himself, just using him as an example because he has the most Pro Bowls of, I think, anyone in history now. 15. So that one guy has 15. The Giants' entire roster has four. And you go down a list on like the great quarters, Aaron Rodgers in double digits, uh, Russell Wilson, even guys like Aaron Donald is, is approaching double digits. Like those are studs, right? The Giants don't have those perennial Pro Bowl, all pro studs. They don't have a single all pro selection, first team all pro on their entire roster. Now, all that does is highlight the need for some of these young players to really blow up, right? To really pop and hit, hit that next level. Because you can't win if you don't have those guys. Look at all the good teams. They have at least four or five guys that you know are going to be pro Bowl, all pro every year as long as they're on the field. You don't have that with the Giants. And it increases the need for guys like Xavier McKinney, Evan Neal, Andrew Thomas, Kayvon Thibodeau, those kind of young players, maybe Kadarius Toney, to kind of get to that next level. doesn't necessarily have to be this year. But it has to be in the next couple of years, two, three years. Now, who's most likely play a little game? Who's most likely out of that group to become a pro bowler? I would probably say McKinney. He's in year three. He's a little further along now in his progression, right? He had a good year, too. It's a position which isn't particularly strong, right? We're talking about, we talked about offensive tackles. That's a tough position to make. 
We talked about Kayvon Thibodeau. That's an edge rush, a really tough position to make, right? You got, you're going to have to put up over double-digit sacks easy to make, make the Pro Bowl, really. So, to me, McKinney's most likely. Second, I'd probably put Evan Neal. I just think he's going to be a stud. Third, I'd put Andrew Thomas. I think he's a good player. I just don't see great player. And it's hard, man. It's going to be hard for a left tackle to make the Pro Bowl or an All-Pro. So I have him third. And then Kayvon Thibodeau fourth because that's a really hard position. That's a loaded position. So as a rookie, very slim chances to make a Pro Bowl. So maybe year two, maybe year three. So we're talking a couple of years until maybe he could probably likely evolve into that type of player. And then Kadarius Tony, there's just too many unknown variables with him to even have him in the in the conversation. Talent, sure, but everything else, huge question mark with Kadarius Tony. But let's check out the rest of the NFC East. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Around the NFC East we go. We bring in Todd Archer, our Dallas Cowboys reporter Todd welcome thanks for having me you got it man I we, always we want to know what's going on with the Cowboys what's what's the expectation right last year was a good year for them but they had they've lost some pieces this year so coming into the season what is the expectation for the Cowboys that's a, it's not a tricky question but it depends on who you ask right because everybody around the team will say Win the division, get in the playoffs, make a make a run towards Super Bowl. Right. But, I should say I should have said what's the realistic expectation. Right. So and that's where I, I think the more realistic one is probably win the division. Um, because you know, I don't know, I don't know how much work how much better the Cowboys are not better than they were last January when they lost to San Francisco. You're not better when you lose Amari Cooper and Randy Gregory and Lael Collins, and you have questions about all three the replacements for all three of those guys. Uh, and, and how you're going to replace them. Although CD lamb is a pretty good option to have at receiver. Um, but I don't know how much worse they are either. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they did go 12 and five. It, it, the average margin of victory in the division was 22 points. So did the, all three teams make up that much of a difference. I, based on what the Cowboys lost and what they've gained. I don't know. And that's why, you know, I still think when we get to this uh, September, and we got to do these predictions, right? I think the Cowboys will still be the favorites to win the division. Well, if we go down the list and say who's the best quarterback in the division, I think that's that's where they have the decisive edge, right? I mean, look yeah. look at the rest of the division's quarterbacks. And so when we when we go and sit there and do that, and I want to pick the other teams, but uh, I mean that that's their advantage. So Dak, year two coming back from the injury, you hear about him running. You do you believe do you believe this? I mean, is that no? No, it's not. It's not running, right? Because it, okay, for, for all the people who think they're going to start running QB powers and doing all the read options and things like that, they they moved away from that really in in 2019, his last full season. 
Um, and I realize he got hurt against the Giants in 2020 on, on a run. Um, but he not ran a the ball. design run. That was a his no, run, no, right? If right. I remember right, yeah, it was and him it, like just trying to create something. But la- last year he had 48 carries coming first year off of the injury. In 2019, his last full season, he had 52 carries. Right. Basically the same. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I think what the difference for Dak in how he looks, he's much leaner. Uh, even though he weighs the same, he's just moving around better. And there were times last year where he could move and get out of trouble, but he couldn't sustain it to make the big plays down the field. I think now you, you see a guy that looks like he can sustain it and get out of trouble better than he did a year ago. There were times last year, I think maybe he was hesitant to, to get out of there and pull it and run and, and maybe, or, or maybe some of it was just physically limited. Uh, based on the calf injury he had, based on the ankle injury he had um, the previous season. So, uh, but this is not going to be like Dak's going to now run it 85 times this year. Th- that wouldn't be wise, whether he had the ankle injury or not. He's a $40 yeah, right. million dollar quarterback. What, you, you're, not, you're not paying him $40 million bucks to run. Now, I think he'll be judicious with what he does and he'll be able to do it, uh, feel better about doing it. But I think it's more about when stuff breaks down, he can get out outside by time and make plays down the field with his arm, not necessarily with his legs. Yeah, I always say that about Daniel Jones. He needs to move. He needs to move to throw better and not move to run. There's a there's a difference between the two. Right. So, uh, and, and that was Russell Wilson. Is that been that guy? Although maybe yeah, he's he hasn't run. He, his running is deaf. The rushing has definitely decreased as right. he's, you know age too. And you're, I think you're, you would see that with Dak naturally anyway. Yeah, and, and uh, like I said, do any of these teams want their their forty million dollar year quarterbacks to no, run? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, Daniel Jones got concussed in that Cowboys game. Remember? Right. I mean, uh, yeah, and you know, I guess Lamar Jackson doesn't make forty million bucks yet, so we'll have to hold out and see <laughs> right. what the Ravens do with him. So I look at the Cowboys, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, the question mark has kind of shifted, right? To the uh, and I look at okay, the offense to me has me maybe more concerned now than the defense. Like, they've built up that defense. Now I look at the offense. You know, the offensive line's not as good as it used to be. It's aging. Uh, Zeke is aging. I know they got Tony Pollard. They lose Amari Cooper. Dalton Schultz is, you know, dealing with trying to get a a contract. Am I wrong to think that that's the side of the ball, that there's maybe more question marks on now than the defensive side? Sure. You know, Mike McCarthy told us the other day that, there, there's five spots that they lost on offense last year of, of starter to meaningful role players that, that, that they have to have to replace. Um, and yeah, you know, and there's, if you want to say, well, how many starters are there on offense? So they're 14 or 15 when you yeah. look at multiple tight ends and receivers and things. Slot. So yeah, the yeah it, receivers like a starter. Sure. Right. Mar- uh, they were playing uh, CD lamb there last year, for God's sake. So. Right. Yeah. It, uh, to me, there are still questions about the defense because it's going to be can the but the question is can you do it again? Not that you're going to expect Diggs to get 11 picks. Not that you're going to expect Micah Parsons to get 13 sacks. But as a unit, can they be as effective as they were again when people have a a year of a book on Dan Quinn's changes mm-hmm. to kind of go over? So what what's the adjustment that they make to adjustment on defense? But you're right, it is to me it is on offense because and that's been the unit that's carried this team really go back since 2014 um maybe even before that to, to be honest with you and, and now it's you mentioned the offensive line tyron smith hasn't played a full season since 2015 they have a new left guard and tyler smith 
uh, they believe will be Tyler Smith, their first round pick. They're right. the third year guy at center. Zach Martin's still the, the best, maybe the second best, however you want to term it, right guards in fo- or guards in football. So he's fine. And they have a new right tackle in Terrence Steele, who has played a lot his first two seasons. But if you had to say who's better when they're at their best, Lael Collins is better than Terrence Steele. Well, he's now in Cincinnati. So to me, the biggest question about the Cowboys is on offense, but more specifically, it's about that offensive line because that is what's going to make everything work right. for Zeke to come back, for Dak to protect, for the receivers to get open down the field. With that being said, right, there's there's some questions on this team, but that we mentioned before, they have the quarterback. Who do they? Who do you think the Cowboys and Cowboys fans view as the biggest threat this year in the division? Well, it has to be Philly, doesn't it? I mean, I like Washington's roster, but yeah, the the quarterback situation uh, continuously has you worried. And now Terry McLaurin's dealing with that and Chase Young's coming back from injury. So, yeah, and they're they're Washington in general. Right. And there's just there's always maybe they can make a jump. I think the Giants will be better than what they've been. And I don't mean that as like, well, they can't be worse. I think they'll actually be better. Uh, But it has to be Philly when you look at what they've retained and what they've added and you know they were a playoff team a year ago and the schedule for everybody in the division is now theoretically easier than it was a year ago yeah this should be a good year for the division with that schedule for sure right so you know you're in a situation where it's the cowboys and the eagles and you know eventually someone has to repeat as division champs it's been since 0304 i think you were in like fifth grade um (laughs) you know it's someone has. I, to I wish, but okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I would take that in a second. Well, I know I wasn't in fifth grade. Um, you I was know, pretending so, to be a professional at that point. <laughs> you're not pretending anymore. <laughs> Just in a different way. I'm able to. Oh, I'm, able okay. to I'm able to hide right. it better. <laughs> All right, there you go. But I, I think it has to be Philly. And um, but again, how good is Jalen Hurts? Do, you know, and this is the telltale year for him. Uh, if the Eagles are going to commit to him or not. I mean, they got their first multi-first round picks next year. If, if he doesn't, then you'd have to assume they're going to go get, pick a quarterback, whoever comes out and make a move for that guy. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, Todd Archer. We'll check in back in it. on the Cowboys come September. Have a good summer. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Around the NFC East we go. Next up, the Philadelphia Eagles. I bring in my buddy Tim McManus, our ESPN Eagles reporter. Tim, welcome. Appreciate you coming on. Jordan, anytime, man. Good to talk to you. What's happening? Absolutely. I don't know. You tell me because... Everybody seems very excited about the Philadelphia Eagles this year. So you got to see them in the spring. You know, the additions they made in the offseason. 
How justified is it? Well, I think there's reason for excitement and optimism. I mean, not only are they playing in the NFC East, which, as we know, has uh, has given little resistance in, in recent years. Right. But I think the offseason that general manager Howie Roseman had was a pretty strong one. I mean, with the uh, with the addition, starting with the son Reddick to bolster the pass rush and then the big acquisition of A.J. Brown on on draft day. You know, they get the Georgia boys and the Kobe Dean and company Jordan Davis in the first three rounds of the draft. I mean, it looks like they filled a decent amount of holes that they had, um, you know, and have given Jalen Hurts uh, basically everything he needs to be successful. Uh, so there remains the question about whether, you know, he can uh, elevate his game to where it needs to be. That's going to be the the primary question, I think, of this 2022 season for the Eagles. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, they're pretty set up. So where do you think they stand on Jalen Hurts? That's the big, you know, elephant in the room right now when we talk about the whole Eagles in the NFC East, right? Because the Cowboys, they have Dak Prescott. I think we can all agree he is far and away the best quarterback in the NFC East, right? But it's like, who's next? Is is Jalen Hurts with all the tools around him? Is is he capable? Is he ready to make that jump? And where do the Eagles stand on him at this point? So they're they're happy with the offseason that he's had and and um, what Nick Sirianni, their head coach, told South Palantonio just a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> is that when Hertz went to Southern California to, to work with some of these quarterback specialists, it was to work on fundamentals with his footwork and his release. And that Sirianni during the course of the spring has seen a jump uh, in his accuracy and uh, and his timing. And so it's really early. Like these guys are mostly throwing against air seven yeah. on sevens. That Passing kind of camp so at have, best. Yeah, I mean, you always got to take this, this stuff with a grain of salt, but they they do feel like he's made improvements in the key area where he's needed improvements. Uh, we also know from, from this offseason and last offseason that while they like Hurts, they're not married to him. That's Then that's true financially. Like this upcoming after this season is when they sort of have to determine whether they're going to be investing in him long-term or not. Uh, but also they've been exploring other avenues. We know that they looked into Russell Wilson. We know that they looked into Deshaun Watson. Right. Um, and so their actions kind of tell you that how they feel about Hurts. But you know, at the same time, they're, they're giving him another opportunity. They're giving him another year as the starter. Jeffrey Lurie was, was part of, uh, you know, the group that was, was uh, kind of, championing for for Hertz to to be on this team in the first place and he's got an opportunity to solidify his standing on the team this year you think it's enough to have people for the Eagles to be sort of co-favorites maybe with the Cowboys or do you think the Cowboys are still kind of looked at as the clear favorites how, how do they view it I think they they feel like they have a shot um you know, and of course, you know, in, in Philly, nobody's going to say we, you know, we're not, uh, you know, on the level with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, it's an inherent. That, that won't go over like well. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. But um, but yeah, I think they they feel like they're pretty set up for, you know, for a run at this division title. Uh, yeah, it does look like the Cowboys are probably number two in that equation. But was their offseason very good? It, it, it didn't, you know, at least from the outside looking in, didn't mm-hmm. seem like it. Uh, so I think that the Eagles have gained grounds, you know, this offseason on the Cowboys. Uh, and where do they think the Giants fit in the mix? Uh, do, what, what it's kind of the impression in Philadelphia of where the Giants are at? Fit in the mix for what? <laughs> <I'm> at, <laughs> anything? Competitiveness, maybe? I mean, we're not, the bar is not especially high here, Tim. <laughs> no, I get it. Uh, no, I think the, you know, at least my view 
is it seems like they're pointed in the right direction that, you know, they in and their head coach and their general manager seem to, you know, I think they've gotten it right, or at least looks like they've stabilized in that area and are going to start building it in the right way. But it also cap restrictions and mismanagement there. Like one of, one of the best players in New York is now in Philadelphia because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it seems like they still have some climbing to do. Uh, so I wouldn't put them in. I'd be surprised if they made the playoffs, but I, I would look to, for them to have, you know, a, a, a jump forward, maybe not a huge jump, but a jump forward from the past few years. I would think Giants fans are going to like that. That was, that was a, a fairly positive uh, answer right there. And they the might, they might want you, they might want you to replace me soon. So I think I, I, I think uh, they're going to want you to take my job. But before we go, uh, I want to ask you about James Bradbury. What was your, what was your impression of him coming over? What was, what was the vibe around there of them getting one of the Giants' better defensive players? Uh, kind of like it was a steal uh, because you yeah. know the Eagles desperately needed uh, that that CB two opposite Darius Slay. Stephen Nelson leaves in the off season. There weren't any like real attractive uh, surefire options on the roster, and Roseman had been talking about that like stay patient. Even if we don't get somebody in the draft, like there's, there's veterans out there. Bradbury was one of them. And, you know, it seems like the giants did not do him uh, any services by holding on to him. Uh, the market had kind of shrunk up. The Eagles, the Eagles pounced on that. And, uh, and it, and it looks like a really solid option who fits defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon's system. I mean, so, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but I don't know yeah. that it could have worked out much better from the Eagles perspective. Yeah. Not saying he's, a pro bowl, you know, consistent pro bowl player. He's a real pro bowl. Corner. He was a pro bowl cornerback one year, played at a really high level. Last year was kind of okay. Uh, but talk about market inefficiencies. I think that's what the Eagles like to do. And, and I think that's what they found there with Bradbury because you have a high level cornerback. Let's say he's not a pro bowl cornerback, but still, and you were able to get him at a price that's lower than it would have been had the Giants release him uh, prior to free agency. So worked out well for Philadelphia and a big offseason. And now the pressure's on, Tim, which uh, the fans usually handle pretty well there if things don't go well, right? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Like Dream Water Team 2011? Ducks. That went well. Water off a duck's back if things <laughs> don't go well here. We'll so. see how it goes. We'll check back in in September. Thanks a lot. All right, my brother. See, see you again soon. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Around the NFC East, we continue down to Washington for the Commanders. It's weird <laughs> to say that. Uh, with John Keim, our Washington Commanders reporter. Are you used to Commanders yet? Is it, is it sunk no. in to you? No. And I think it'll take a long time for it to sink in. No, it is. it is not. It, it's still awkward for me to say it. And um, yeah. No, Do no, people no, down no. there still use the R word? Oh, definitely. And I would say this. 
if you're talking to somebody privately, they're probably going to refer to them as, with, with the old nickname oh, because yeah. it's just, because like so many people don't like you tell someone, the commander's like, well, who's that? <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. yeah. You're so just, that, you're also preconditioned. I mean, you're talking about longtime fans being cre- preconditioned for like 30, 40, 50 years. It's just correct. It's how, it's a hard, how they know the team. People. Yeah. Right. And I, and I also think you need to go through a season with that name before it starts to feel real. So like, for example, I mean, I grew up in Cleveland. I was an Indians fan. Well, now they're the guardians. So it's, it helps that they're playing pretty well, but it, but I think when you start to go through this season, you start to, you get, start to get a little bit more used to the name. And I wonder how that will, and if they have success with this name, then it will help even more. Of course. Well, I was, I was getting used to the football team, you know, so. There were a lot of people. A lot of people like that one. They started to warm up to it. Yeah, um, did I did warm up to it. I'll be honest. I warmed up to it. It was awkward for me to write it because how do you use, you can't like, your second reference is Giants. It's hard to say on second reference football team. Yeah, that but is. I you just you had to write Washington. Every time I wrote it, I would write Washington every time. I would say, I would always say the FTs, you know, just be, <laughs> just be cute, right? That doesn't, I don't know. That doesn't work. Well, let's get to, <laughs> let's get to the real matters at hand here. Okay. We're, we're in years like, uh, I don't know, it feels like seven, eight, ten, whatever, of uh, trying to upgrade quarterback and coming with a result that's just seemingly pedestrian, right? So right. Uh, is Carson Wentz, like, what, what does he look like so far in Washington? Is there a hope that he could be Carson Wentz, you know, MVP-type season with the, with the Eagles, or are those days done? I think that's asking a little bit much right away because it's going to be as another new team for him, you know, his third team in three years. And so I think that's asking a lot to come out that fast. He's looked pretty good. I mean, I'm more saying, I'm more saying, is there hope that he could be that type of, that type of player? Maybe not that at that level, but that, you know, high above average, high level type quarterback. I think there's, I think there's hope for them that he could at least be, solid right and and that would be better than what they'd have so if he can even be in that 10 to 16 range i think they would be very happy i think mm-hmm. top 10 quarterback i think i think you have to take a wait and see on that one no matter what you hear or what you see i think you have to take a wait and see to see is he really in that category and how much does it help jordan that does washington have better talent around him at the skill positions than what Indy did, and does that make an impact on him as well? So right. I think you, I think I'd want to see something before that. But I think they do have hope. And here's where the hope is for them: is it's it's as matter it's as much a matter of he's an upgrade here. When he went to Indianapolis, oh, all, back like, to this. Hope. This is every year. Well, he's an upgrade from the junk we had last well, he year, John. Listen, he is. I mean, <laughs> he's an upgrade over Taylor Heineke. Now the question is, how much of one? You know, and like that's what I. I you know, was it worth the price? I don't know. Um, but he is definitely an upgrade because he's a legitimate starting quarterback. What is he 10, 16, 20? You know, that's that's what they have to see. But the arm is an upgrade. I'll say that the arm is an upgrade and you can use more of the field. Um, but what I was going to say is that with Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, what they hope he gives them. You know, Logan Thomas, the tight end, I think they feel like he probably has more talent around him, certainly than he did in Indy at the pass, the skill pass position, uh, the it, skill p- pass position. So it, that, I feel like it's the best skill players that Washington has had in a while there, like really around him. Be. It's good. It, but but it, give yeah, me a rundown between that and the offensive line. The offensive line is a little shaky still. It's 
I would say it's, I like the offensive line depth. I'm not sure about the starters yet. And I say that because they, they lost both guards. They had Brandon Sheriff went to Jacksonville as a free agent. He was their all pro guard. That's a big loss. They replaced him eventually with Trey Turner, who used to be an all pro in Carolina or pro bowler in Carolina. And what does he have left? Then they lost Eric Flowers. Um, <laughs> My guy. Your guy. They lost him to, because they wanted to try and extend him. And I would just say there was a vast difference of opinion as far as to how much money he should be extended with. Mm. And so they replaced him. They cut him, saved on the cap, signed Andrew Norwell, whom this group had in Carolina and used to be a really good guard. What does he have left? You have Charles. You know, Then you also have in the, at center Chase Ruye was coming off a fractured ankle. We don't know when he's going to be back, if he's going to be back to training camp. I think he will be at some point, but he hasn't worked with these guys yet. So I think there's a lot of questions about the starting group. I like the depth of the group. I do like the depth, but I don't know yet how those starters are going to be. And I think, you know, I think that's one thing for pass protection purposes with Wentz. You're going to need to give him some protection, or you're going to have to be able to get him, have him get the ball out of his hands quick on some underneath shallow crossers, which they, I know they want to do. I know it's the spring and it's a glorified passing camp, but I've seen quarterbacks. I mean, Eli Manning, when the Giants, you know, he was in the same offense for the first, what, 10, 12 years of his career. And then they bring right. in Ben McAdoo and he's the coordinator. I guess it's 10 years to 94. Uh, I mean, 2004 to 14. And then, you know, that first training camp, that first like transition, he was a mess. I mean, he was throwing a ball over the place. There was a lot of interceptions and you could tell, you know, it's a guy learning a new offense. I'm wondering what's it been like for Wentz this spring? Is he, has he been uh, oh, oh, he's learning a new offense kind of guy, or has it been like, okay, he looks pretty good. Pretty, pretty much like a, a, a an established veteran. I would say more of that, more that he looks pretty good like an established veteran. I would say that Ryan Fitzpatrick, when he was here last year, looked um, like a guy learning a new offense. <clears throat> I think Wentz looked like a guy who knows what he's doing. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I know someone else, I, I talked to somebody who knows somebody with the Eagles, and he was saying how Wentz looks good. And he said, well, he looks good every spring. So right. what you take from that, I don't know, but what I would say is that one of the things that they're encouraged by is that they felt like he was able to go through his progressions during practice. And there have been times where, you know, like they, they, that he's getting the ball out in rhythm. And there was a throw the other day where the receivers have to learn that he's getting the ball out on time too. And they have to get to their spots when they need to be. And there was a play the other day where the receiver basically turns around, the ball's right on him and he drops it. But it was because the receiver was focused on something else initially that he shouldn't have been it delayed him a little bit, and but Wentz was in rhythm and threw it in rhythm, and he got there. So, like you see, a guy who's more in that he had a tough day. Um, one of the mini camp practices, I felt you know he's thrown a couple picks, uh, and I think I feel like, like that's. I, I mean, I, I didn't say that to to knock on Eli. I mean, I feel like that's just part of the transition right. going I was to just the new gonna, offense. Good, and I was gonna, you're just learning. Also, it's just different. I also I also think sometimes it's seeing what you can do in this offense with that particular receiver. Can you fit a ball in there on this throw? And then sometimes, right. you know, it's just like a pitcher in, in the spring in spring training. I'm going to tinker with, I was working on this curve or this slide or whatever. I want to tinker with in the spring, see yep. where it's at. I think Brian Dable said that to Daniel Jones, like we want you to, to make mistakes right. and make those mistakes and try to make those throws in the spring and right. in the summer and the summer and realize what you can and can't do in this offense. Right. 
So, but he has, you know, he looks like, listen, he's got a big arm. Like, and I think there's, there's an excitement from them about what they, that they think that they can open up more of the playbook and use more of the field because of that arm. Right. And because it's not to Taylor down, Heineke. Yeah. Right. It's not just down the field. It's also on the shallow crosses, the quick game underneath stuff. I think that's one of the underrated parts of what they feel like he can help them with. But again, it's just where you could like throw from one hash mark to the next. You're kind of saying. Yeah, and just like one from one side to the other. It's more on time and in rhythm. So there were times, a couple of times last year with Heineke, and God bless the kid. Like I love watching the kid plays with a lot of gusto and heart and all that great stuff. Yeah. But he's limited physically. He's short. So if if you know Wentz is a bigger guy, you can see over the line right away. You you know conceivably what they're 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 saying that he should get the ball out in rhythm. So there are a couple of plays where made on a fourth down play in one game, a key fourth down play. Heineke was a little bit late to Curtis Samuel. Part of it was Samuel got hung up, but he was also a little bit late with the throw. And because of that, a play that should have been wide open underneath, should have led him into 10, 15 more yards, turned into be a um, fourth down stop. So little things like little plays like that, that they think that Wentz can help them with because he's a little bit quicker and he can see things a little bit quicker because of his size. Again, it always sounds great on paper, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean I'm, seen, I'm numb, John. I'm numb. Yeah. I'm not. I, I sit here every year listening to you talking about the uh, slight quarterback upgrade with another mediocre quarterback. And well, I didn't. I, I don't know. I don't know I, I'm almost. I did say I'm almost a little numb to it at this point. Oh, so am I. And every year, and so are the fans. And so I just think like this guy on paper, he's got, you know, more of the athleticism, the size, the arm, but it takes a lot more than that. So while he may be an upgrade physically, is he an upgrade in all areas? You know, like Alex Smith was a tremendous leader. Mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke, I think, brings a lot of intangibles. He's just limited physically. So, you know, can can they ever find that guy who offers, can check off more of those boxes? And I think with Wentz, we're not going to know for, we're not going to know right away, I don't think. Till he um, plays in the big games late in the year, if they're in them. Exactly. When, they, when, it, when games, it's, uh, you know, everything's on the line. Or when things go wrong, when things go south, you right, know, right, how right. do you respond? That's yeah. going to be a big key for him. But I don't like. I don't think you can't sit here right now and say, "Oh, they got their guy for the next five years." You can't say that. Yeah, you know, no, you, I, I think you have their guy for the next two years, and then we'll see where it goes. So, with all that being said, how realistic you think it is? I mean, the division's better. Dallas is a good team. They were a good team last year. They're still pretty good, talent-wise, especially uh, the Eagles. They're much better. They should be a good team this year. However, the NFC East, pretty easy schedules. How realistic is it for the commanders? <laughs> I, I had to hesitate there. The commanders with their roster, and the, you know, there's definitely good talent on that roster. I like the roster. I, I have questions about the quarterback. How realistic is it that they, they can compete for that division? I think they can compete for it. I think you can't go into the year thinking that they're certainly a team to beat. I mean, Dallas, Dallas, because of Dak Prescott, they have the best quarterback. Um, I like what the Eagles have done, but I do have questions about Jalen Hurts as a passer. I wonder about A.J. Brown's durability. You know, I, I wonder a little bit about, um, well, you know, James Bradbury. Um, how is that going to fit in? I, he's def- he's an upgrade there. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, I think they're, but their defense was also built last year. I'm playing a lot of bad quarterbacks down in the last half of the year. So, are they, is the defense improved that much with Hassan Reddick, Jordan Davis, and Bradbury? Possibly. So, you know, I, but I, I have questions about the quarterback play. 
Um, so, you know, I think, I think Washington can be there. And I think they, if Carson Wentz plays well, they're of course going to be there. If he plays pretty well, I think they'll still be there, but I, you know, believe it or not, Jordan, I probably have more questions about their defense right now because we don't know when Chase Young is coming back. I like the line still, but we don't know when Chase Young is coming back. I don't like the depth in the back seven. And I think they, they need to find one other vet or two for a linebacker as a backup and then someone else maybe in the secondary. I just think they're a little bit thin there or very young. So, you know, one of the, uh, you know, whether you're young and inexperienced or young and not talented, we'll, we'll find out. Right. But they're thin there. And so I think that concerns me a little bit too. I like the parts they have on offense, but does it all fit together right away? And again, when does Logan Thomas come back? He's a major key for this offensive tight end. And he had the torn ACL in November, no, December, early December. It may be a couple of games before he comes yeah, back. Nine so, months, nine months yeah, is August then, right? So ten, right. you're lo- usually looking at nine to 12. Correct. So it may be October before he's back. Possible. We don't know yet, but that's possible. So. Well, more important than that, I, and you brought it up, is probably Chase Young. Right. If he he can help hide those deficiencies on the back end. Yes. Right. Yes. If he is what everyone thought he was going to be, which hasn't and, really and turned out yes. that way so far. So what's right. the, what's the situation there? You said there's there's some unknown there. There, There is because he had he tore his ACL in November, but he also needed to get a, a they had to do a little graft from his left knee to put to, I guess, to put a 10 in his right knee. So he had to basically it's a little bit reconstructive. So that adds another another layer to the timetable. Mm. Without that, he's probably ready for the season. But with that, you don't know. And he doesn't know. Like, and talking to his people, they're like, we're not doing the all in for week one mantra because we don't know if he's going to be ready or not. They wanted to be, they want him returning when he's ready and, and healthy. And we but, saw it last year with Saquon. It's not, it's not even when you do return, it takes it takes some time. So he's yeah. not going to come back. Let's say he comes back week one. He's not, you know, week one through four going to be dominant Chase Young like everyone expected. Correct. If anything, Correct. it's going to take time. So, yeah, it sounds like you're you're uh, you'd be lucky if Chase Young in the middle, you know, halfway through the season is back to playing at a at a really really high level. Right, and I think the other key in that is Montez Sweat because he had a tough year last year. Missed a couple game, gamer. He had an injury with his jaw. Had COVID. He had his mom died. His brother was killed. It was a tough year for him. And that kid is talented. I think he could be and I'm one sure Chase watch. Young helps him having Chase Young on the other side. Oh, he does. But also it helps just the fact that this kid is talented and he plays next to John Allen and they work well together. So I think that's going to be a guy to watch. And he's healthy. There's no issues with him. Yeah, get and those three so. guys healthy in the front. And then you got a really, yeah. really, yeah, really yeah, good yeah. front. And right, your defense exactly. will be good. You'll be able to hide those deficiencies. They'll be able to hide them. If they, those now, three the key is, too, like one of the things they did poorly last year up front was they didn't play well. They did not have a lot of great cohesion as a unit. They started to get it in the middle of the season, and then Chase Young goes down, and then Montez Sweat gets hurt, and they took some of that away. But that's going to be something to watch. And they got rid of some guys that they felt didn't quite fit in or didn't, you know, they felt maybe didn't want to be here. And they're hoping that that helps the chemistry of that group. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that'll be something to watch as well. 
ladies and gentlemen, the great coach John Kime. We appreciate it. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it again as uh, you know, one of these uh Washington before one of these Washington Giants big one matchups coming up late and late. You got two and three weeks. That's gonna be exciting. I know. Well, it'll be exciting if uh at least one of the two teams is still uh still alive by then. Appreciate your time, John. On to the next one. All right, we'll wrap here with a quick Jordan on the beat. This is where I, I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants, work for ESPN, or cover the NFL in general. And I mentioned last week this is the downtime. So what we usually do this time of the year is we're trying to get a, try to get a summer series going where we get some guests that are kind of outside the box. So what I'm doing here is I'm opening the suggestion box for you. Now, you got to make it realistic, someone that I have a decent shot of actually landing as a guest. But if you have any suggestions, reach out to me. Let me know of people you, you would like to hear from in this summer series. I have a couple ideas. I'm going to get them lined up. We'll get them going. Uh, next week is a question mark on the podcast because I'm going to be out of town here or there for a few days. So I'm not sure I'm going to be able to squeeze in a podcast. But then we're going to ramp it up, get it going. Summer series straight into uh, training camp, then the regular season. And then we'll keep it going. So if you have anything in mind, let me know. And uh, I'll try and make it happen. With that being said, that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. As always, reach out. You know where to find me. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email, TikTok. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. See you next time. (laughs) 